Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Uh, she's got a great word inside of her, and uh, she, was, she spoke just a few weeks ago, and she just knocked it out of the park. She's going to do that again today. And uh, so would you guys welcome her with me today? We're just going to, I just want to pray for her as she gets started. God, we thank you. We thank you for Amy. We thank you for who she is to us, God. We thank you that she's so gifted. She's such a special person. But God, we, we thank you for who she is in you, God. And we ask that as she opens your word today, as she preaches this message that you've just been working into her bones the last couple weeks here, God, we, we pray that this, uh, it, this comes out and the seeds of your word uh, would not just be spread uh, to be caught in the thorns or to go on rocky soil, but God, that the, the soil of our hearts would receive every word uh, of God today and that we, would be, that we would bear fruit, God. We pray today that we would be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. So we bless Amy, God. We honor the word inside of her. And uh, yeah, we love her, God, and we love you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray together. Amen. Thanks, Luke. Don't you guys just love Luke? I, I really, I'm just so grateful for his leadership and um, just the way him and Megan give it up. And thanks, bud. You really do feel like a brother. So, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. That's what you guys are supposed to say back. Okay, since this is a place of honor, I thought I would share a story to honor my dad. Are you guys cool with that? Even though he's not here, brag on him a little bit. Um, I'm going to take you back to my childhood. I was a sophomore in high school. I went to a really small private high school, and I thought I fell in love with a boy, and that boy brutally rejected me and embarrassed me. Oh, everybody say, poor Amy. What a fool, right? What was he thinking? Um, I mean, I carry triplets. I'm like the best woman out there, I think. No, I'm just joking. Um, but really, so I, I came home and, you know, in your high school and maturity, you just feel like the world's ending. And so I was really heartbroken and I walked up the stairs and dad I looked in his room and he was in his rocking chair and that's his leg I think that's the place where light comes down from heaven for my dad and just beams all of his wisdom and so he's sitting in his rocking chair and I go and I sit beside him and I just I just say dad I don't want to talk to you about it but I just need you to hold me right now and I just cried like I could cry right now I just remember that moment of just vulnerability and I cried, and he just held me, and he didn't press me. He didn't ask me anything. I got done crying. You know, I'm kind of one of those people, okay, I'm done crying. Shake the dust off and just move on. And so we went on our evening, and it was fine, and nothing more was said. And the following day, I was at school, and the entire high school ate lunch together. Um, and so I'm in the middle of my lunch hour, kind of just like feeling embarrassed because you know how a small school is, like everybody knows everything that just happened and you feel super like, oh. and I'm sitting there and an office assistant walks in with this beautiful arrangement of flowers. And she says, 
bees came from you from the local florist down the street. There's no name or card, though. But these are for you. And it was like the perfect thing to happen to a girl in high school who needed to feel special. Because you know, like all the friends around me were like, oh my gosh, somebody's donating me those awesome flowers. This had to be like 50 bucks. You know, and everybody thought somebody else had a crush on me. And it was like this moment where my dad knew when, where, and how to make me feel special. So... Thank you, Dad, wherever you are, off to Africa. I will be forever grateful because, you know, I was that girl that day. So I love him. He really is amazing. Okay, so I'm excited to share with you what the Lord has been kind of working in my heart. And it's something that he's been working in my heart for a long time. And it's been part of my transformation in being his daughter. And as a church, we have been focusing on identity, right? Right. So we are sons, we are daughters, we are heirs, and we're loved. Have you guys gotten that? Do you know that? And we're, we're, we've decided as a church that we are going to live as if that is the only identity we have. We're not going to waffle back and forth between living out of our soul and then going to church and getting filled up with the Spirit and then walking back into our old crap. You guys know what I'm talking about? We are heirs now. We're gods. And we're going to live like we're gods. Right? Okay. That's exciting. Right? Identity is exciting. But something, I'm the type of person that says, God, this is so exciting but how? What does this look like practically? How does this change the atmosphere in my home? How does this change the atmosphere when I come into these doors every Sunday? How does this impact my relationships? Because some of you may say, you know, I really like this identity stuff, but for me, I don't feel any different, really. I don't feel like this church is different than it was five years ago. Just a different set of people, maybe. Was that too real? Are you guys okay with that? Can I be real this morning? Is that okay? Okay. I'm going to, that's just, see, I'm not on staff, so (laughs) there's no email address. Um, (laughs) So let's have some fun here. Um, (laughs) My dad would be like, "Uh uh-oh, that was off script. (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny watching him like encourage me because he knows like my raw side you know I'm like dad guess what guess what all the initial thoughts and he's like yeah that's really good let's talk about it down here you know so sorry dad um so identity how how do we do this and I've heard a lot of conversations about this and it's gone I can boil it, all those conversations down to about two different ways. The first is, I agree with you guys. We, I get it. Identity is important. I don't know how to figure out what my personal identity is. I don't know what God wants me to be about in the kingdom. I don't know what he wants me to do. I don't know if I'm supposed to be a preacher or a worshiper or I don't know, you know. And it's just this moment of like, this is great, but what's next? Can anybody relate? Okay, and then the next conversation is, 
I know it's important, and God has even given me visions. I know that I'm called to certain things. I get who I am before my papa. But I don't feel like anybody else sees the call that God has placed on my life. I don't feel noticed. I don't know how to step forward. I feel like I just come into church, I warm a seat, and I walk out. And for me, that was more me. Because I met God at a young age, and at a young age, he started giving me dreams and visions for what I was to be to him and the rest of the family. But I felt stuck, and I also felt like if I voiced the things that the Lord put in my heart, that I would be laughed at and politely set down. Does that make sense? Some of us are so scared to even just voice those little seeds of hope that the Lord has given us. And so as I wrestled with this in my heart and, and in my own life, and you guys might say, Amy, you don't even understand. Like, you are the pastor's daughter. And guys, I'm the sixth of 12 kids. And I don't know about you, but my parents raised me that my church family is my family. And they're my first family. And so I never felt like, you know, just like a shining star or anything. I wasn't one of those kids that had a great talent that everybody said, oh, she's going she's gonna to record things. That girl, she's going to change things. I was a well-behaved child who loved Jesus and didn't get yelled at a lot. If you are in a group of people, if you are not a troublemaker and you are not a shining popular star, sometimes you just feel like you're warm in a seat. You know what I mean? Okay, I think you guys get that. And it's frustrating. And the Lord brought me to this scripture as I was wrestling this out. And I'll have it make sense in a minute. Luke 16, 10. Very simple. It says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. Different um, versions say, if you can be trusted in little things, you will be trusted in large ones. And, and, I, and I was sitting there, and I'm, again, asking God, okay, what does that mean? Who did that, and how did that help them fulfill their destiny and purpose in the kingdom? And the Lord brought me to the story of David and Goliath. Everybody knows that story, right? It's like the first one you hear besides Jesus dying on the cross for you. David is so amazing, he goes out and kills Goliath. That didn't just happen. He didn't just go to church on Sunday, show up at a battlefield and say, I don't like that guy. He's talking bad about my God. Bam, you're dead. That wasn't him. David was the youngest of eight boys. He fell in love with Jesus at a young age. He served in his father's house. In those days, if you were the youngest, you were the least and you did the most. So here he is. He's this young boy in love with Jesus. He's being faithful to serve his father. And the Lord says to Samuel the prophet, go and anoint one of Jesse's sons to be future king. Go and anoint David because of his pure heart. 
So Samuel's faithful, he anoints him. It says from the moment that Samuel anoints him to be future king, that's his new God-given identity. We all have just received new identities in the last year if you've been hanging around, right? You've shaken off the old and you've walked into who God says you are now. So here David is, he's anointed. He has a new identity to be future king. It says the power of God came on him from that day forward. He was filled with the power of God. Samuel leaves and where is David? David is still in his father's house, and he's still a servant, and he's still the least, and not noticed by his peers or father. He's an errand boy. He's the boy they sent out to the field while they ate dinner. And the Lord was like, Amy? David had to be faithful in the little because it prepared him for the large moments of breakthrough. We reverse the two in our culture. We think the most important things are the things we accomplish, the moments of breakout, the moments of significance are the things that we measure as success. And we measure numbers, we measure, we measure popularity, we measure education. We measure so many things, and if we don't meet those, we're nothing. But the Lord says the most significant ones in the kingdom serve. And as I was wrestling with this, I'm like, but God, I get it. Like, I'll do what you want me to do, but nobody's even investing in me. So how can I be? And he said, look at David. He said, Amy, who has given you your identity? Well, you have God. So why does it matter if anybody notices you or cares what you're about in my kingdom? And I said, God, I don't know why it matters. It just feels like it does. And he said, that's because you care more about man's opinion of you than you do your heavenly fathers. You're walking in the approval of man, and you're not walking in the fear of the Lord, honey. And I went, Dad, you're right. I'm sorry. I haven't been about my father's work. I've been about gaining status. I've been about being popular. What I love about David is he didn't wait to be who he was meant to be. He didn't wait for everybody to notice him. He just was, and then eventually they figured it out along the way. And that's who we are meant to be in the kingdom. We are called to love the unlovable. We're the family of God. The family of God is messy. If you're waiting for a perfect church, if you're waiting for the perfect program to plug into to fit your likes and dislikes and comfort zones, you're in the wrong place because you're in a family. We're a family. Like, you don't quit on your family. It gets messy and yucky. The times of breakthrough don't happen unless you've had a season of faithfulness and service 
before. The times in my marriage that the Lord takes us from one place to the next, there's a whole preparatory season of me going, God, I surrender. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I'm going to be faithful. I love you. And my husband has to do the same thing. And it's those little moments of faithfulness unto the Lord where nobody sees and nobody cares that accelerate us and prepare us for the large moments of breakthrough. And I'm not talking about we're all going to get famous together. That's not what this is about. I'm talking about moments of breakthrough where the body of Christ is healthy. We move from glory to glory. We can change the planes. God wants to use this church to change hearts. This is a new season of vine life. If you're stuck in the old ways of judgment, if you're not happy with what's going on, serve. This is a new season of vine life. It is done that only 10% of the church does 95% of the work and all the tithing. That's not right. We're the body of Christ. And guys, you're my family. I believe in you. I believe in what God's called you to. Luke twenty two twenty four puts it like this. They're at the Last Supper. So this is kind of important time that Jesus is talking. And it says, um, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Guys, I'm switching it on you, okay? It says, and they began to argue among themselves as to who would be the greatest in the kingdom. Jesus told them, in this world, kings and great men order their people around, and yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, those who are the greatest should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Guys, in my own life, as that truth sank in, and I realized it didn't matter if anybody else noticed me, it didn't matter if things were perfect in my family. What mattered is that I was a daughter, I'm loved, and I care about this family, and I care about my dad, and I'm going to honor him and just start loving. And so that's what my husband and I did. I shared with him what was going on in my heart when we moved back, and and. What happened was we just started serving for a season in the marriage team. We started volunteering in the children's department for last-minute needs. We st- I started joining the youth department for four years. And I, guys, I volunteered for 20 hours a week. I'd come into the church and just help Jamie with whatever he wanted me to do and just encourage him. And it, wasn't, it didn't matter if anybody knew or not. Because what happened in that season, as I just started to be faithful in serving, the dreams and the areas of my heart that I knew my heavenly father had called me to in the kingdom just started happening naturally. And it wasn't even like about me being recognized. It was like the things that I desired to start happening And being a daughter and a part of this family, the Lord just anointed and it just started happening and it was just awesome. And it still is awesome. One of, I wasn't going to share this, but I'm going to. You guys ready? Luke prayed this over me during worship, so that's his fault. Um, 
So one of the dreams that the Lord told me was, I've called you to speak truth to the family. Like, I've called you to bring life. And I thought, God, I'm not a speaker. Like, I don't, I'm weird. And (laughs) you know me, I am a little bit. I'm awkward sometimes. And I, I couldn't, like, I didn't feel like anybody believed in me. And you know the things that the Lord calls you to, you're like the most afraid of, and you run from? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, so this is going to sound horrible. So I was in that season of just being faithful and serving. And what happened was um, the Lord started opening doors for me to share, you know, like in the youth and sometimes here. But as the Lord was doing this exciting thing, it scared the crap out of me. And then I got pregnant. And you want to know one of my first thoughts in regards to the church? I thought, it's my ticket out. And I'm pregnant with triplets. Nobody's going to ask me to do a dang thing for a while. This is good. I'll just stay at home, start a garden, catch up on all my TV shows. And you know what happened? I get a message from Luke. Love you, buddy. And he says, hey, so we were talking, and I know you just found out you're pregnant with triplets, and that's really great. We're excited for you. Um, But we, we prayed, and we feel like you're supposed to deliver a word soon. And I don't know what God's been putting on your heart, but we really feel like God's directed us that you're supposed to, like, deliver something. And I was like, is this a joke? Like... God. And you want to know the next word the Lord gave me? He says, Amy, I will give you the capacity to do the things I've called you to do. Are you going to walk in obedience and faithfulness? And some of us, this whole idea of being the least in serving scares us because we've been burnt out. If you've been in the church a long time, you probably have had seasons where you jumped in and got excited, and then you felt like you crashed and burned, you know? And you say, Amy, I've served. I've done my part. Like, please don't talk to me about serving because I've gotten that message before. I've done it. And I served in the children's department for an entire year. Every Sunday, they asked me every single week. And it was like, I couldn't say no. I mean, they asked me, and I wanted to be a servant of God. And then you got burnt out, and you're like, you finally weaseled your way out of there. And you're like, I'm not serving for a real long time because the life has been sucked out of me. Has anybody been there? Yeah. Guys, this is a moment of honesty. It's called balance. You can say no sometimes. You can say no. That's what Joey and I did when I was in that season. We would pray. We were engaging in what the Lord was asking us to do. We were saying, God, where do you want us? And for a season, it was, I want you here and here. And then when the grace started feeling a little rough, we'd pray about it, and the Lord would say, I'm directing you over here. And you know what? Sometimes you do feel guilty, but if you're seeking the Father on where you're to engage and serve, he gives you the grace to do what he's called you to do. So if you've been burnt out, heal up, it's okay, take a nap, 
Okay. But take a moment to re-engage and ask God where he would have you serve. Because the greatest in his, the kingdom, serve. Like we're a family. We're going to do this, you guys. The next season of Vine Life is exciting. Like, do you guys get that? Like, this is a new season. Let's act like it. Like, it's okay to be excited about God. It's okay. It's good. Every good thing about me, I'm happy because every good thing about me has come from the Father. I would be an insecure, whiny, naggy wife if it wasn't for my heavenly Father. It's so funny. My husband sees that. Every good thing comes from the Father. He didn't grow up in a spirit-filled church. And so when he met me, it was like, woo, okay, that's different. But you know what he notices? You know what he notices? You know why he covers me in ministry and he's behind me in what I'm called to in the kingdom? Because when I am plugged into my daddy, I am the wife he has always dreamed of. So it's a win for him. And you guys... You guys are the church. And guys, we get to be a family. We get to plug into our daddy. And we get to be the church that we've always dreamed of being together. Okay? And you don't got to be scared about serving. And I want to end with this. Because I think you guys get it. I feel the excitement. It's Philippians 2, 1 through 4. And this is the message. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you at all, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other, love each other, Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. If you don't know what your identity is and you feel disconnected, serve. And let the Father start the process of revealing that to you. We're no longer a church that comes and sits in the pews. We're a church that is alive, active, and thriving. And we're going to take care of our family. We're not involved in a club where we pay our dues. And however everything shakes out, it shakes out. We're a family. If my sister needs something, I'm going to take care of my sister. That is the culture we are allowing the Lord to transform us. And if you know what you're called to and you're frustrated and you feel like nobody notices you, you need to put the Lord's approval before everybody else and you need to trust the Father to use you, whether it's little or small. God is here. He is in this house. And I just want to take a moment before I invite Luke up to thank the servants in this place. Thank you, Joan and Bernie. Thank you, Joel, Graham, Piper, Luke, 
Thank you, Benny. Thank you, just Will and Rachel, who are new here, and they have jumped in with just open arms. Thank you, all my youth girls who have stepped up when I've needed you in the past. Thank you for the spiritual moms who have prayed over this place and the dads. Men, we need you more than we've ever need you. We need you men to step up. Thank you, Rock. I'm looking at you right now, and I'm just so proud that you're here and you hold a place in the spirit. Thank you, Bob and everybody. This is a family, and the Lord is making this family happy and healthy. He is a God of reconciliation. All right? So this morning, we have opportunities. And I'm just going to invite Luke up to share these and close us out. And I just want to end with, I love you guys. Thanks. Thanks, Luke.